0: Thanks for joining us through the CrossBridge podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about CrossBridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Welcome, CrossBridge. Hey, I'm Kevin. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm so excited to share with you, I think, about... um, our good, good, good people over at Peru, our good people there at Morris, as well as all of you folks, right, who are listening online um, from all over the place. I am really, really grateful for you. And uh, I'm excited about this week. I I think this is one of those weeks in the midst of preaching that uh, you can pretty much like put your your fingers on the fact that all of us are in the same place. We're all kind of moving out of the the Christmas slumber we're, we've picked up all the wrapping paper, we've thrown it all in the trash, and, and we are moving forward, right? And we're thinking about a brand new year. In fact, um, how many of you would say this? How many of you would say that 2019 is a year that you would prefer to have behind you? Come on now, raise them up. Let's, let's just, we can be honest here. Okay, good. Um, or bad, whatever. But, but here's what I want you to think about. What could 2020 look like? Uh, one of the things I was thinking about is that 2020 just just sounds good. Like there's some years when you, you say it, you say the new year and you're like, oh, I'm gonna have to get that in my head. 2020, it sounds, uh, and it sounds good. It sounds easy. It sounds like it was kind of meant to be. And, and here's what I, want you to, what I want you to focus on. What would it look like for us to wrap our heads around 2020 that God would give us clear vision going forward of how we might enter it to bring about his best in our life. Um, not that everything is gonna go smooth, not that there's gonna be a lack of difficulties, but that God would really show up in 2020 and, and we would be able to call it good. Hey, uh, I, I wanna pray for us before we go any further, probably the most important thing we do, right? So if you'd bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to guide our people into a new year. Thankful for the scriptures that you've shown me. I'm thankful uh, that you helped me put it together. And and I trust that as these words are shared, as your word is shared, you can connect it to our hearts and you can challenge us. And and you have something for every single person listening. God, um, this next year we give it to you and uh, we wanna do our best to enter it right. And so Lord, help us, help us today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, as I was thinking about um, 2020, and I was thinking about, hey, what could I say to you um, that might help us collectively to enter this year right? I started looking for maybe like one passage of scripture that would stick out, and that would be like, hey, that's what I want to preach today. And and here's what I discovered. There was a whole lot of passages that stuck out to me. And so um, as I began to work through them, I thought, I think there's little truths in the midst of these passages that, man, they speak into where we are today. So that's what I'm going to do. It's not so much from one place. It's going to be from a variety of places, but I really do look forward to sharing with you. And I think if you'll listen, if you'll take some notes, these could be some good things to keep in mind as we enter in to this new year together. First one is this, attitude is everything. You know this, um, isn't amazing how like, uh, you know a good attitude when you see it, my guess is. But I also would guess this, that you know a bad attitude when you see it. And that sometimes like attitude really does set the climate uh, for, or even the thermostat, let's say, it, it sets it, Right? for how we might experience things to come. If we go into something with a bad attitude, it usually isn't going to go well. But if we go into something with a good attitude, even if on the outside it doesn't go well, it can still go well. Because a lot of it is just, it's how we enter and it's about our perspective. You know, some of you even, I I think I could probably ask the question, And it might be how you answer that determines your attitude, even currently today. If I were to say, hey, do you believe that 2020 could be a good year? Some of you who have like, you know, this optimistic outlook, this positivity would go, yes, I can't wait to embrace it. It's going to be a tremendous year, Pastor Kevin. Others of you are like, mm, yeah, uh, I haven't had a good year in a while. Uh, Doubtful. Or, mm, man, I mean, I would like for it to be, but what's the chances You you see what I'm saying? Like some of us have already predetermined before we enter. And some of that's just how we're made up, right? Some of it depends on what moment you ask me, (laughs) what kind of day I'm having when you ask me that question. And I'm guessing it's the same for you. Winston Churchill, uh, I found this quote that I thought was really good. And I'm gonna try to read it slow so you can wrap your head around it. but, But listen to this. The pessimist sees every difficulty. The pessimist sees every difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. So it, it, here's, here's what we know that you can take to the bank today, is that this year will be filled with difficulties. It will be filled with them. And that's good news, right? You're like, thanks, Kevin. Uh, yeah, you're going to have a difficult year, bet on it. But some of it is how we view those difficulties. Do we see every difficulty... <laughs> in every opportunity? Or do we see in the midst of all these difficulties, do we see opportunities? Man, that makes a difference. What would it look like for us to enter this year saying, God, do a work in my attitude? And some of you would say, that would take a work of God, right? Some of you are, are looking at the person next to you, You're doing attitude work over here, right? Or God, could you do an attitude kind of adjustment with my neighbor? But let's just talk about us today. What would it look like for God to give us a new attitude? There was a scripture I was looking at that um, very much says that he can. Here's what it says out of Ephesians. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new. Now here's the part, to be made new. In the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. There's proof, if we believe the Word of God to be true, that He can give us new attitudes. Some of us, I'm not, not pointing fingers, we, we could use that, right? Now, here's the second thing that I think, got to get the attitude right, right? Let's enter hopeful. Let's enter... Um, Seeing opportunity for a good year. But, but here's the second one that I think is a really big deal. And for some of us, like, it does not come natural. And here's what it is. We need to enter 2020 looking forward, not backward. Looking forward, like, not behind us, right? This is really, really important. And, and many of us struggle with this. It, I think some part of it is just our human nature that we, we like to be looking backwards. We tend to focus on what has happened. And as we focus on what has happened, we allow that to determine our attitudes going forward. I was um, 16 years old, still like learning to drive, right? Had, didn't, didn't have my license long. And uh, I lived out in the country and I lived on an old, like, you know, little country road, not very wide, barely could meet another vehicle. And, uh, and, and I remember cruising down that road headed to a, a practice. And as I was headed to that practice, I had a cooler in my back seat. And, and that cooler had a few drinks and ice and water, you know. And, and, and on my country road, when you'd go about half a mile down and it would curve really sharp to the right. And truthfully, at 16, I probably took that curve too fast every time I drove on that road, right? Um, and I went around that curve And the moment I did, I heard that cooler flip over in the back seat. And you can probably hear that sound, can't you? Of a cooler and ice flipping over in the back seat. The moment I went around the curve and I heard that cooler flip instantly, I mean, something inside of me went, (gasps) oh, you know, know, that's what you would do too, right? And, And I remember flinging myself around as fast as I could and throwing my arm back, right? Hands on the wheel, throwing my arm back so I could upright that cooler so I wouldn't have water all over my seat. The moment I did, um, two hands on the wheel, I threw one arm back, and the moment I did, where'd this arm go? Like this, right? So the moment I'm trying to flip that cooler around, I hear the car in the ditch <coughs> rubbing along you know, the brush of whatever it is as I'm driving down the side of the ditch. At this point, I, I flip around, I get the car back on the road, you know, I scratch the side of my car, um, not not good, but lesson learned at 16, no matter what happens in the back seat, don't try to whip around and face backwards when you're driving, right? That's 16-year-old mistake for sure. Here's what I think about in life, though. Looking back can definitely affect how we move forward. Focusing on what's behind us can many times take us us in the ditch as we move out in front of us. See, there have been many times, um, even I think about parenting, right? There's many times I've gotten into it with my kids. We struggle over something. We have an argument over something. And there's many times I'll go to them and say, hey, that's it. That's it. We're, We're putting this behind us and we're moving forward. I'm not holding this against you. We just need to get beyond this. You need to quit holding it against me. And we just need to move forward. Here's, here's my assumption because I think it's human nature, especially in the size of, of crowds that we have listening today is this, that some of you, as you enter a new year, you're replaying things from your mind from last year over and over and over some of those things that you wish you could change or some of those things that you look back and say, that didn't make for a great 2019. Sometimes we obsess over the things behind which affect how we look in front of us. For some of us, if I just put it clearly, um, you need to determine that you're gonna stop obsessing over what's behind you and, and you're gonna move towards what God has in front of you you're gonna stop paying attention to what's back there and you're gonna set your eyes. You're gonna set them ahead and you're gonna move forward because because I believe God sometimes says, hey, when you're looking back there, I need you to, there's another scripture that says this, forget what is behind and move towards what is ahead. You know, 2 Corinthians puts it this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come Now catch this part. The old has gone. The old life has gone and the new is here. Or Isaiah. I love this this passage. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I love that scripture. Because it says, he's basically saying, hey, it's okay, let it go. Now, for some of us, that's really, really hard, right? Letting go is not natural. Let it go and embrace what I have for you ahead. That leads us, um, for me, as I I think about that, when I think about ahead, I think about, okay, God, um, I I need a good attitude going into this. I got to believe that you can actually, like, that you have something good in front of me which means I gotta let go of what's behind me and I gotta embrace it. And, and one of the things I was thinking about when I was writing this message is this. So if I'm looking forward and I'm believing good things and, and I'm trusting that God can lead me, I have to believe in my core, in your core for this to happen. You have to believe that God loves you and he cares about your future that he actually has a plan for you that is so good. If you'll just embrace it and you will move towards him, he can unveil it. Matthew 10, 29, the beautiful passage of scripture says this, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I I saw something that I, um, a question I wanted to ask you. How many of you know what is the average number of hairs on a human head? Would you think 20,000? Would you think 40,000? I I looked this up, right? You're probably Googling it right now. Put your phones down. 100,000 hairs on the average human head. And yet, what this, past, what this passage tells us is that every hair on our head is numbered. It, it, and, and not that um, you say, well, who cares? I, I, I don't care if I have 98,000 or some of you might have like 400. That's um, how, it's how we get a balance, right? And an and average. But here's what I would say here's the picture that God knows, that He knows how many hairs are on your head, and He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows you better than your best friend knows you. He knows you better than your husband knows you. He knows you because he created you and he knit you together. And he said, even when he did, he knows all these details about you. Scripture says that you are wonderfully made. That says that our God cares about us. And so when we wrap our heads around that, it helps us to embrace that he would actually want to lead us into a preferable future for us. Philippians says this, therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's this picture that says, as we like press into God, as we humbly come before him and we recognize he has a plan for our life and we recognize how much he loves us and we begin to put our trust in him that he works this out in us and through us. That we can, like as we move forward, we can see his purpose revealed as we live. What an incredible passage. Here's what it reminds me, the words I wrote down as, as I was writing. Let's relax knowing. Our father knows every hair on our head and he wants to work in me and you to fulfill his good purpose in our lives and the lives around us. Now, how does that happen? Here's how I think it happens. I think it happens one day at a time. And you may say, Kevin, that's really cliche. And I agree. One day at a time is cliche. And yet there is so much truth to it that oftentimes I think you may be thinking about your life and you think about the changes that need to occur and you think about where you want to be. At the end of 2020, you want to be at a different place than you are at the end of 2019. But here's what I will say, you're not going to get there overnight. I just don't think life, it doesn't work like that. Change doesn't work like that. Change happens as we embrace what needs to be done today. And then we get up tomorrow and we embrace what needs to happen tomorrow, right? Today, 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 today. Live in the moment and trust that as we do that and as we string many moments together, we will end up at the place in which God truly wants us to be. Lamentations, another great passage says this, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. Now here's the part I want you to hear. They are new every morning. So even, even that's a great picture, right? That God says, hey, this is one day at a time. My compassions are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Man, it's the idea of just, God, just do with me what you need me to like, help me do today. Like, point me in the right today, trajectory today. And in that last part, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. This very verse reminds me that every morning I get up, I have decisions to make, but I can rem- and I can be reminded that Jesus has something new every day and he wants to help me every day. But the key to this, that the key to even moving forward in the day is making sure that my steps are in sync with Jesus' steps and that I'm walking with him daily. And it says, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him that I will not run out in front of him, that I will not say, oh, Jesus, you're taking way too long. I'm going ahead, that I'll wait for him, that I know that my day, like today, that it is, it is all about him walking with me. It's all about us getting there together. I, I was out doing some Christmas shopping over the Christmas season, and uh, I was up north, and it was very, very windy one day, and it was cold and I came out of the store, and I was walking through the parking lot, and I saw this mom. And this mom had two kids, and, and they were probably about this tall, right? And just tall enough where she had their hands, and their arms are all stretched up like this, and she is moving very fast. And they are, their little feet are, are going as fast as they can as she's walking them to the door. And, and as I went past her, I heard her say, you know, hurry, hurry, hurry. You know, let's pick it up. Let's pick it up. Like, she was on them. And, and I could almost picture, like, I didn't turn around and watch, but I thought, here in a moment, if she goes any faster, she might as well just lift them by the arms and just run, because their feet cannot carry them any faster. But I also, I understood. In fact, I felt for her because I thought, it is cold, and, and that wind is biting, right? And if that's me, and those are my kids, I'm throwing them over my shoulders, and I am booking it to the door. So I, I, I got where she was coming from. I couldn't help but chuckle, you know, as I got in my warm car. See, what does it look like to say, "I will wait for Him"? Man, it's hard sometimes to wait for Jesus. There's times where we want things and we want it now. There's times where we want change. There's times when we say, "You know, I, I need this relationship in my life. I need this job to change. I, I, I need this this ugh this ucky situation right that's in front of me. I need it to be different. God, I need you to move." And, and I think many times <laughs> we are like that mom, and we're going, Jesus, let's go, and we're running ahead, and we're trusting him to, in a sense, hey, I, I don't have time to wait on you, so I just need you to bless me as I go out in front of you. And I don't think that ever has a good result at the end. In, in many ways, the challenge this year would be to stop running out in front of him and to wait for him and enter every day saying, Jesus, I I, I just want to do this with you. In fact, here's what I'm reminded of. Probably the most important thing I could say is this, because the truth is, as I talk about not looking behind, as I talk about new attitudes, as I talk about not moving out in front of him, all of this stuff requires Jesus' help. All those things you're not going to do naturally All those things won't be. Just because you write them down on a piece of paper means they're gonna happen. And if you're disciplined, you can do this. These are the kinds of things that is the exact reason why when we enter into 2020, we have to do it with him. And we have to ask for his help and be committed to letting Jesus walk with us. Matthew 11 puts it this way. All things have been committed to me by my father. No one knows the son except the father. And no one knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Now listen to this part, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." When I think about this, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You know, it's, it's oxen talk. When, when you hear this word of yoke, it's, you know, you, you picture an, an, a wood, um, this wood contraption that maybe two oxen are sitting in, and, and they, are, they are joined together, they're working together, they're sharing the load. What would it look like for us to say, Jesus, I want to be locked in with you? I want to be locked in with you that you may share my load, that you may share my difficulties, that you may help me with my attitude, that you may keep me moving forwards, not backwards. See, um, this isn't about you sucking it up and working harder at your goals. That's typically how we enter the year. This is about partnering with God so that he can help you to overcome some of these natural things in which we are driven towards which is looking back which is sometimes a poor attitude which you know is sometimes running ahead this is allowing god to do this heavy lifting in our lives and and here's 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 how I want to wrap this up and I and I want you to hear from me if you enter this year with the hopes of it being a good year with the hopes of real changes and maybe that you really do need to make. Many of us, we have things in mind. In fact, if I just gave you a second and said, are there two or three things that you would love to be different? But I hope, if you have a relationship with Jesus, my hope would be is that you wouldn't just say, I'm gonna try to do these things and I kind of hope Jesus uh, comes alongside. But what you would say today is is Jesus I I need to be locked in with you. I need to be locked in with you if I have any hopes of 2020 being the year that I want it to be. Because you love me so much that I believe if I walk with you, lock step and step with you, that your plan will be much better than the plan that I could lead myself. Father, I thank you. I thank you for just reminders from your word of what you desire for your kids, us. That you desire your best. Help us not to settle for less, but to press into you, to do this with you, to commit our goals to you. That we, Even we would come alongside and say, God, this, these goals I have, are they your goals for me? that we would, we would talk to you about them, that we'd bring them before you. And, and God, you, there would be a sense of you whispering in our heart affirmation, confirmation, that yes, we're on the right track. And yes, I can help you with that. And yes, stay with me. I pray for a tremendous year for our people. God, I, I recognize too, as we look into this new year, it's not gonna just be all uh, sunshine and, and beautiful days. There'll be very difficult things ahead for our people. But God, we just admit now that no matter what we face, we need you. We need you. And may we start by just committing and admitting that we have a need, and you are the answer, and it is you that we desire to walk into this year with. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.